Welcome to the Revive Podcast with Pastor Jennifer Kofi. Be blessed as you listen to today's message. Let's take the key verse. Please be, be upstanding with me one more time. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And let's read verse 34. Mark chapter 5. We'll read verse 34 together. And today um, I'll be speaking on who touched me. Who touched me. Or better still, the touch of faith. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Let's read it together. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word and may the Lord cause his word to be opened up. Let the letters come alive, oh God. Let it shift us even into purpose and into the place of power. Have your way in our midst. Let your word accomplish that for which you sent it for. I submit myself as a vessel, oh God. Use me, oh God. Speak through me, oh God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, oh Lord. Lord, my God and my Redeemer, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Please take your seat. <clears throat> I was listening to the sermon from last week, and it was I, I, was, I couldn't help but um, laugh because uh, we closed church on Sunday. I, I listened to the message again yesterday, just yesterday, but... It was interesting to me because it was almost as though everything I had said was tested in the week. Amen. Everything I said, everything I said, I was tested on everything I said last week. So it was, it was quite funny. But to begin my message, I just want to drift and I want to share my testimony with you. We, we do this sometimes where someone will give their testimony before the sermon. So I'll fit it in. <clears throat> So last week, we, we spoke on, you know, anchored in the storm. When the storms come, you have to have your anchor. You have to release your anchor. Amazing. So we closed church on, on Sunday, and I went out with a few friends. And while I was out with my friends, I started feeling some pain. And the pain was shooting through the side of my breast. I was like, ah, just this part. I said, what's, what's this? And I, I just tried to get through the time. I came home, it was a bit late, I was tired. I said, oh, let me sleep. You know, in the morning, I just figure out what is going on, I don't understand. So in the morning, I woke up and the pain was still there. And because the children were sick the week before, they were still home and my mom was helping out. So my mom was there. So I went in to say hello to her and she looked at my face and she said, mm, what's wrong? And I said, oh, I don't know, but I'm feeling some pain in the side of my breast. So she said, oh, let me, let me check you, <laughs> mothers. So when she, she touched me, she said, ah, uh-uh. And then I, I touched myself. And then for the first, I, it wasn't something I had ever noticed before, but there was a mass in the side of my breast. And I said, ah, how can something just show up overnight? What's going on? Like you sleep, wake up, something is like in your body. No, this is not, you know, it's not possible. So I started 
I started, you know, just trying to talk to myself. I was like, okay, don't, don't think about it. Don't tell anybody. It's nothing, you know. But my mom was like, oh, you know, you should check it out. And, but let's pray. And my mom, she, she, she has been for life. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's pray. So I said, okay. And um, throughout the day, the struggle was there. Like, hey, what's going on? But the words that came last week, even though I was the one who preached them, became for me, you know, what I, w- I went back to. What I went back to. So I started just meditating. I said, okay, Jenny, then don't, don't worry about it. And the funny thing is that in the last few months, two people who are close to me have had breast cancer and have had to go through surgery. Two people close to me. So it's almost like, oh, like, oh, like a, you already have a picture before this is coming. Okay, so... I said, oh, Jenny, you know, let's, let's do something else. Let's shift our minds from this. God is great. God is powerful. It's nothing. You know, and I was, I was singing to myself. I was meditating on scripture. And then I just felt like, you know, just lifting up the words that God had spoken to me, you know, about my purpose, my destiny. And, you know, I opened up those scriptures when I got saved, the scripture that God released to me when I felt the call of God the scripture God released to me, I began, I opened them literally in my, by that Bible. And I was like, God, let's read it together. You and me, ready, go. <laughs> you know, and I was doing all this, you know, just doing my thing and praying. And through the night, I just, you know, kept praying and just speak, speaking to the Lord. So Tuesday morning, it was still there. Like it hadn't gone anywhere. <laughs> so, and I was feeling pain. But what I noticed was the pain I felt like Sunday into Monday, it had gone down. So I was like, okay. So I, 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 I told Bite, Bite, I'm, com- I'm coming to church. And when I said that, then I came to Taifa and I said, I want a breast exam. <laughs> so um, the, the, our contact, the, the lady, you know, she's like, oh, okay. So she got me. She was like, oh, this doctor is really good. You know, so I went in. And then they did the, the hand exam. And then she said, there's definitely a lump in your, in, in your breast. That's what she said. She said, there's definitely a lump in your breast. So she referred me. And I'm, I'm bringing these things as a testament to what God can do. So she, she referred me to go and do an ultrasound. And then she was telling me, oh, don't worry, you know, sometimes it's benign and then there's nothing. You do the ultrasound, then we'll go, we'll do a biopsy um, to see if it is cancerous. I'm like, this lady doesn't even know me. (laughs) I was smiling. So when I came back, I was like, bite, can I tell you something? Don't panic. (laughs) And uh, I told him. So we decided, okay, yeah, let's go and do the ultrasound. So I kept praying and and God in his own providence, I think God always prepares you for what is coming, had um, brought me into some teachings. So I would listen to those teachings and they, they just bring you into a place of prayer and faith, really. So I would listen to those things. So Wednesday morning, um, before we would go, I think he had, he was going to drop the children and come back. So I was listening to the, the, the message and, um, it got to a part, I was listening to part two, and it got to a part where the man said, okay, um, he was going to lead them in prayer. And 
whatever is the grounds or the basis for which the enemy is able to attack you, God will, but if you do it by faith, God will reveal it to you. And I said, okay, let me pray along. And I, and I prayed along. And interestingly, two things, two separate um, things that have happened in the past came to my mind. And I had never connected the two before. But in that moment, I realized, ah, these two things are pointing at the same thing. So I prayed and, you know, God is good because he lifted his word in me and I just spoke the counter. I spoke his word out. I said it before I got dressed and then we went. When we sat there, sat there, sat there, sat there. And then they finally called me in. And the gentleman who was doing the ultrasound said, sit down. I sat down. He said, what is wrong with you? And I said, nothing. And the typical me, I'm a warrior. I worry. I worry about everything. I have to like... You know, but if you give me an assignment, I'll read it 10 times before, you know, I, I worry about things. So the typical me, that's not the response that will come out, nothing. There's something wrong with me. But I said nothing. And he was like, if there's nothing wrong with you, then why are you here? And I said, oh, the doctor said I should come and check out something. And there's something. He said, okay. So what, what was I feeling? I said, well, I felt a mass and I felt pain, but there's nothing wrong with me. Then he said, okay. So I laid down and then he said he would do the first, he would do the right, the one that is not worrying me. And then I can be watching the screen. And then when he does the second one, I mean, me, myself, I can judge for myself if there's nothing wrong with me. I said, okay, let's go. So he did it and we're talking through and I said, okay, so the scan he's doing, what should it show? Like, what would it show? And he said, oh, if there's a lump in your breast, it would show it. And even if the, it's cancerous, there'll be an indication. Just I won't be, you know, 100%, but there will be an indication. I said, okay. And like he, he was enjoying the conversation because like, yeah, this who has come here and there's a possibility that something major is going to turn in your life and you're having a whole, like, you're just talking away. So he did it. He did it. And then he went to this one. And when he started doing it, when he would get there, I would feel the pain. So I would, like, sort of move. And he'd be like, is paining? I said, yes. He did the thing. But I, I, I couldn't see anything on the screen. And he, he was like, there's nothing there. And I'm like, yes, I told you there's nothing wrong with me. I came to prove that there's nothing wrong with me so he was like i was like so what why would i feel a mass like when you touch it there's a mass but on the screen there's no and he said you know i don't know maybe your hormones i don't know i'll give you the report that you go and show it to your <laughs> doctor but i just want to say how faithful and true god is you see there's something about agreeing with his word Agreeing, and I'm I'm not going to pretend there are things in my life that I mean I've prayed and prayed and prayed that I haven't seen with with um answers to yet, but oftentimes I believe God releases a word so that you can agree with the word, and when you agree with the word, the word becomes effective in your life. Hallelujah! And I just want to say to the glory of God that from that day till now. I don't know. The thing just keeps getting smaller. So I didn't even, you, you can see that the report, I haven't opened it. And I didn't go back because I was like, oh, by the time I go back, it has to be gone. So I'm giving it a few days to make sure that it's gone. 
But that is how God himself, just by the release of his word, he kept reminding me of things that he had taught me as I was studying to come and share the word of God last week. And I was like, how, how, how can it be any other way? Like, there's no way. It can't be any other way. So there can't be anything. And I just want to praise God and thank God so much. And I just want you all to thank God with me. I mean, I've seen someone close to me go through chemotherapy and I know that it's, it's not cool. She lost her hair and like the, her toes when we went to visit her hair, her, her, she became black. It's not, it's not good. And then my friend, she didn't do chemo. She had to do radiotherapy, but she had to do two surgeries young person and you know even some of the tests you go through before when they put your breast they put some machine on it like the pain alone you know so I mean I just want to praise God that God helped me to not look at the storm but to anchor my hope in his word and he proved that his word is true hallelujah he proved that his word is true hallelujah and in these few weeks we will be staying around topics that relate to our faith topics that increase and stir up our faith or push us to faith because i believe that one of the things that is happening in our world is that there are so many people in church yes but a lot of people have lost faith to believe god for anything they come and they go home we come we we praise god we dance we sweat we we give offering we do everything but there is not actually faith and jesus said when he spoke the, the 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 scenario of the woman who went to the unrighteous judge and said, you know, avenge my adversary, avenge my adversary. And she kept going. Jesus at the end of that said, but you know, God will do it. Will God not do it? If the unrighteous judge crack and, you know, respond because he got tired of her persistence. Do you think that those of you who belong to him and call out to him day and night, he will not avenge you speedily? He will. He will come through. But the point is that he said, will, will the son of man find faith when he comes back to the earth? In other words, the thing that justifies us or the thing that makes us acceptable, Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God, is faith, is vital faith in God and in his word. And when Jesus comes back, that is what he will be looking for. Which people, regardless of what happened in their life, were able to stand in faith, believing in God that he is, and believing in his word, which cannot be broken. But today, there are so many of us who are in church, and we come and we go because that's the culture we've had. That's how we were raised. That's what we've come to know. But that active faith that is able to draw anything from God, we don't have it. So people say things like, these days the power of God is not in the church. The God, we don't see God at work. Even believers cry, they too, they are going through it. And it is because we are lacking in faith, hallelujah. And I'm praying to God that there will be a revival, a restoration. God will stir us up in faith. God will stir us up in faith because if the, the release of the spirit and the power of God to be seen in the last days will happen, there have to be people who actually believe and can manifest the power of God, hallelujah. So in the verse that we read, the key verse that we read, is the last part of 
the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And you can find this story in Matthew chapter 8, no, Matthew chapter 9, and you can find it in Luke 8 as well. But for some reason, I don't know, last week I went with Mark, so I'm still with Mark this week. Now, this woman made a declaration and something peculiar happened in her scene. And Jesus knew that something had happened. And I believe that the touch she gave Jesus was the touch of faith. Hallelujah. So just indulge me and let me read a few verses relating to this. It says in verse 24 of Mark chapter 5, it says, So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So what is happening is that just before this woman appears on the scene, Jairus had come to Jesus and said, My daughter, my 12-year-old daughter is dying. Please come with me and go and touch her so that she will come back to life. So Jesus is on his mission going to Jairus' house. And then it says that the people were following him as he was going. And then this happened. So 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, somebody say, when she heard, when she heard, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Hallelujah. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I don't even think we need to preach because... The, 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 the scripture is so full, like it just puts you in the place of, of faith. Hallelujah. But Bible makes us understand, first of all, that as Jesus was moving, there was a crowd moving with Jesus. If there was a crowd moving with Jesus, that means they were pressing in. So other versions said there was a press, you know, which means that people were rubbing against Jesus. Let's establish that we are all moving. Everybody is, is you, won't, you, you can't even distinguish whether it's Peter or maybe somebody from the crowd, but everybody was trying to go with. Everybody was in that crowd. Okay. The Bible says that they followed him. And to follow someone is to be in their steps or to side with them, to side with to, um, the, the, the concordances to be in their way. So whatever they are doing, you are with it. You are going along or to serve that, that agenda. So that was it. So that's the meaning of follow. So these were not people, I mean, some of these people in the crowd were people who, you know, had thought, oh, Jesus was somebody to, to look out for and, and go with and to follow. And it says, and they thronged him. And 
um, this is like a crowd on every side, almost to the point of disturbing the person. Can you imagine going somewhere and then people are pushing and you are, you know, so it's, it gives you that sense of, so that is the picture. So figuratively, a throng means to like trouble someone, you know. So that is the picture that is, is happening. That is what is happening as Jesus is moving to go and heal Jairus' daughter. And then Bible presents a woman on the scene. It says a certain woman. And I said last week that when Bible doesn't mention certain details, that means in that particular context, it's not necessary. So it doesn't take its time to tell us who she was. It doesn't give us a name. It doesn't give us any background, where she's from, none of that, because that is not the point. But that also means that this could have been just anybody. It could have been you. It could have been me. Anyone at all could be standing in the shoes of this woman. It says a certain woman. And that means any or everybody. Anybody can, could have stood in the place of this woman. Nothing about her is recorded because nothing is important. Her, her background, you know, how many years she, whether she's a Jew or not, those were not the details that were needed. It says a certain woman. Then it goes on to tell us her problem. And it says that this woman had a flow, had a flow of blood. And she had had this flow of blood for 12 years. I don't know how you picture it, but some people get pale and anemic when they get in their periods. So imagine somebody flowing with blood for 12 years. I don't know how much mojedro. I don't know how much, I don't, I don't know how much she had to take to keep her going but bible says a flow of blood and doesn't tell us what medical condition it is but all we know is that this woman has been bleeding for 12 years for 12 years hallelujah it was a prolonged period it was a prolonged period and it was a flux like a flow not drops it says it was a flow of blood for 12 years for 12 years now, the problem was long-term. It caused a physical problem to her, I'm sure affecting her health on every level, but underneath that was also the implications of her sickness. Because according to Leviticus, Bible tells us that in the Jewish culture, if a woman is having her flow, you don't come to the temple. That's one. You don't touch anybody. The mat or the bed you sleep on, it's considered unclean. If any person touched you, the person is also considered unclean. In other words, people will do their best to, 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 to avoid you in such a season. And you, you, it, is, it, is, it is your responsibility to make sure that you avoid people. And not just that, the fact that you couldn't even participate and be a part of your faith. So this is somebody who is sick, but she's also cut off. She's cut off. She doesn't seem to have any link to any person. Nothing. She's cut off. 
And Bible tells us that beyond all of these things, she's trying to get help. She's been trying to, to, to find healing for this thing for 12 years. And she's gone from physician to physician. People who are experts who should know. And nothing has been done. Nothing could be done. There was no help. She had money. She was paying for help. But there was no help found. There was no help found. There was no help found. No one could help her. Not even the experts could help her. And Bible tells us that she even was getting worse. She was getting worse. That matter had gotten to desperate times. Hallelujah. And just in this time of her desperation, where she had, she had resigned herself, you know, physically medicine isn't working. I mean... I've spent my money, nothing is working. And in just in that time where she had begun to resign herself to what her situation, Bible says she heard. She heard when she heard. And the word used there is the same word that, that translates in Romans chapter 10, when, where it says that how can they believe except they hear? That word is the same word that translates here. And it, it, it implies hearing a voice that brings you into faith. That's what it, that is what it implies. So this woman hears about Jesus. And I'm sure she hears that, oh, this man is doing miracles. And any person, like, you know, that he touches, something happens to them. And when she hears this, what I'm understanding by reading is, this is that she doesn't hear it as just a story. It's not just with her ear, this ear, the outer ear, but something inside her heard it and it moved from just hearing with the ear to something inside her latching onto what she was hearing. She heard it. She heard God's voice as it were in the things she was hearing about, the testimony she was hearing. There were people talking, but through the testimony she was hearing, she was hearing God's voice and it evoked something in her to believe again, to believe again, to believe again. Imagine you've done everything, 12 years you've been bleeding. By that point, you'll be thinking, you know what, let me even die and go. I mean, I can't even relate with anybody. Can you imagine the emotional and psychological trauma Aside your body being frail, you go fast. When, when things are like that, it's like compound problem. It, it sends you to your grave fast. But she heard about Jesus. It says she heard about Jesus. But that hearing about Jesus did something in this woman. It did something in, in, in her that made her have faith. And how do we know that she had faith? Bible says when she heard, she came. She came behind Jesus and, and in verse 27 and 28, we get a picture of what her faith looked like. It says when she heard, the faith that she received by hearing caused her to take an action. 
And we understand that this didn't just happen, but there was something that was happening within her because in the 28, it tells us that it gives us a window into what was happening within her. It said, for she said, and that word said there is, 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 is almost like a thought or a meditation of your heart or a conviction within. She said within herself, that is what it means. She said it within herself that if I, if I can only, if I may just touch, if I can but just touch. And in this version, it says his clothes. So it wasn't that she needed too much. She, she, she didn't need, she, it wasn't that she wanted to call the pastors, you know, my prophet's way, and I'm a prophet's way, and that my prophet, please fast for me. This is my problem. She didn't need all that. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, I don't even need to touch his hands. Or his feet, his clothes are enough for me. I shall be made well. And, and the way they translate it into the English gives you the picture. Because if you say I will, there's a probability there. But when you say I shall, it's a whole different thing. There is no, there's no gap around I shall. It fits the box perfectly. She says I shall be made well. If only, if I can but just touch his clothes, she says. If I can just touch. If I can just touch. That's what was happening within her. That, is what, that was what she was saying within her. That was her level of faith. So the verse 28 gives us an insight into her faith. Her faith was that if she would just touch this Jesus that she has heard about. If she would just touch. If she could just get the chance to touch his clothes. She'd be okay. But another thing I see there is that she considered herself. And she knew how her situation was and how impossible it was. There was no way anybody will give her an audience with Jesus. You are unclean. And if you are unclean, you have to wait. It says if you, if you, if you go through, you have to wait seven days. So imagine never getting off your period. I mean... And so she was thinking of the smallest, what is the least contact? What's the, what, what, what's the smallest thing that I can, you know, how, how small can I relate to Jesus? Even, I know that if the smallest way I can relate to him, I will, I will be healed. I shall be made well. I shall be made well, she says. In the verse 27, it says that when she heard, she moved, she came, she came. Bible says, come unto me, come unto me, come unto me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Bible calls us, he says, come, Jesus says, come. And Bible says, when she heard about him, she came, she came, she came from behind. She didn't have a place. Nobody had given her, you know, you have access to Jesus, but she came nonetheless. She was bound by the religious system. She didn't have a chance. She, the, the, it was a chronic condition that would not allow her to come, but she came nonetheless. She did not allow the, the limitations of her situation to keep her under. And the only way you can break past the limitations of your situation is when you have faith. 
is when you have faith. Is when you have faith. She was considered in her situation, she would be considered like a leper in the time. Stay outside the gate so that just by mistake, cry, you don't mix yourself with anybody. She had issues, but she came. And even as she came, Bible says she came from behind. And I can imagine how she was, you know, like, oh God, please don't let me touch anybody. Because if they catch me, they'll say I've made everybody clean. Now everybody has to go and sit down. If you touch her, you have to be, you know, you have to stay away for a whole day to make sure that you are perched. All the things that you were wearing when she came in contact with you, you have to wash them. If the things touch something else, do you have to wash the things? I mean, it was plenty things. It was like, almost like an impossible situation. And I can imagine how she put all those, she managed to push those things. Something was calling, something was driving her that was bigger than what trouble she could get in. She said, if I can, if I, if, you know, if I can but just touch his, his garment, I will be made whole. This story will change. This story of shame, this story of being an outcast, it will change. It will change. At the same time, I can see this woman considering her infirmity, but coming to the point where she says, but he's bigger, he's greater than that. If he could do all these things, then I'm sure that I cannot make him unclean. My touch, how can my touch make him who makes all people well and clean? I'm sure she was thinking all these things and pondering and, 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 and as the more she thought about it, the more the logic of staying put broke. And she said, no, meeting Jesus, touching the hem of his garment is all I need. And it's interesting, you know, there are several times in scripture in Jesus' time in the earth where he touched people. Yes, people release faith and then Jesus will touch. But there are very few times where it says somebody touched him. Very few times. And I noticed that even the times that are recorded that it says people touch Jesus, they happened after this woman's encounter. In Matthew 14, I think, um, it says when Jesus was coming, people brought out their sick people and they were saying, look, don't even stop. Let, let them just touch you. And Bible says when they would touch him, they would get healed. But that was after this had happened. And sometimes when you stretch your faith, you show people that it is possible. You show others that it is possible. It is possible for this to happen. And people begin to believe also because it has happened for somebody else. It will happen for me. It looked as though she was sneaking up on Jesus. But she had a focus and it was that if she could just get to the hem of his garment. And with that focus, even though there were people, it, we already know that it says there was a crowd and there was a press. There was a throng. But how she managed to get to Jesus in the midst of all the feet. Everybody's going. Everybody's walking. Everybody's pushing everybody. And somehow this woman was stealthily coming from the back. I mean... Behaving like I'm sure she covered herself, didn't want anybody to notice her. And to think about how she touched, she must have gone down on her fours and tried to navigate between, between feet and, and, 
and, and, and, and, you know, move to the side a little if somebody was trying to come close and move in and gradually came close and came close until she got to Jesus and she touched him. And Bible tells us that when she touched him, when she touched him, and to touch is to, the, the word there is to attach yourself to. To attach yourself to something. When she touched him, it wasn't just, you know, an ordinary, now come to that. It wasn't just, you know, hey, hi, or yeah. It wasn't just a physical act. She attached herself, her burdens to him. Hallelujah. Bible says when she touched him, she touched his garments and, 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 and the word there, represents the cloak that's the outer garment but you will notice that in the old testament and whether this is the case or not the point is she touched him and she was healed but in the old testament bible says god gave an instruction to moses and the instruction was that god said i don't want my people to forget the laws i've given to them i don't want my people to forget the relationship they have with me so he said all the men you wear outer tunics um, create certain tassels to the corners of your coat. Create some tassels. And these tassels are supposed to remind you of your covenant with me, of, of the commands I've given you and the fact that you cannot break them. And you can go and read it in, in Numbers chapter 15. I think going to the bottom, it's, it says there, it says you are supposed to be a holy people to me. And these tassels were supposed to remind the people who were wearing them that, hey, I am, I am of a different breed. I'm not a Gentile. I'm a Jew. I belong to God. What God says, I must follow it. That was what the, the outer coat and the fringe or the hem of the outer coat that they wore, that was what was attached to it. And, and, and I can just imagine this Jew who had lived all of her life in, you know, Jewish customs, understanding the system. She knew the system. She knew, say, oh, yeah, bye, your bomb pie, and they say, now, yeah, yeah, we're not from there. We go to this, we go to that. You know, she knew the order. She knew the liturgy. She understood those things. But I can understand someone after being in that for so long. And the thing about faith is that it breaks all those protocols. So after being in a structure, after being in a religious structure, and the religious structure has turned into your snare. And so for some people, if they don't see a pastor, no, no matter how much they pray, unless pastor prays for them, it's a religious structure. Not because maybe God says, this particular issue, you need um, a certain authority. Not because of that, but there is a mindset based on religion that binds them. So this woman had been in this custom for so long. She knew, she knew the rules. And she had become bound by the very rules that she knew. And I can just imagine her saying, no, you know what? I've seen something better. I can have that. And I'm going to break free from this so that I can have that. How many of us have that faith because faith does not sit. It, does, it, it doesn't, it does, it, faith is not, it doesn't get comfortable in structure and in routine. She touched, she attached herself to the fringe of his garments, to that part 
to that to that to, to that part she was holding on she says you know what i've held on to these commands and they've bound me but if jesus christ who is the author and finisher of our faith jesus christ who is the one who completes the law jesus christ if he's higher than the law then i want to, to get to that man i believe that she was also yielding herself Yielding her burden, her pain, what she knew in her mind, what she had believed for so long. She was yielding it as she went down and as she searched for Jesus, as she, she looked for Jesus in the crowd. She, she, she was putting aside, she was opening herself up for something more. Many of us don't search. We don't, we don't come to the scriptures yearning and looking for truth. But she was. She said, if I can just touch him. And she did touch him. And she did touch him. And that which she had spoken or that which she had purposed in her heart or that which she had believed, her faith is what she saw. Bible says when she touched him, it says in that moment, in other versions, it says immediately in other versions it says instantaneously in that moment bible says the fountain of her flow hey that means there was something that had broken loose inside it that was why it was flowing but it says the fountain it ceased that very moment it ceased that very moment and not just that but heaven recognized that something had happened bible says jesus stopped and jesus was like who touched my clothes and i think it's quite interesting because jesus knew it wasn't just a dress that was touched yet he reflected what she had said she said if i can just touch his garment jesus reflected that and oftentimes so that you would know that is you jesus would reflect exactly what you said jesus said who touched my clothes? Just what she thought in her mind. And when Jesus said this, it made no sense. It was, it was like, are, you, are we okay? It didn't make natural sense. And that happens sometimes where, you know, we are all, you know, following Jesus. We are all believing. And you keep asking yourself, why is that person receiving the miracles? How come I never get the miracle? Because what it takes to pull virtue may not necessarily be what people think it is. It's not in the coming and the going. These people were following Jesus. Every, and I'm sure people had needs. But it took something. Something extra than just following. Something extra than just saying I'm a Christian. To be able to pull virtue. Peter said, ah, Jesus, all these people who are rushing you and following you. And like the people are pressing. Can you ask this question? It could be anybody. Just what is it? Let's keep going. Jesus said, no, 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 no. The touch I'm talking about is not people just following me. The touch I'm talking about is not somebody rubbing against me. It's not physical. What I'm talking about is something has left me. Power, virtue has gone out of me. That, that is a different thing. 
Jesus began to look for her. And the Bible says, because she knew, because she knew that it was her, because she had experienced the miracle, she came out. But I just want to comment on this, that, you know, when you have believed in a system, and when what you have in you is just religion, oftentimes God wants you to come into truth and declare truth. There were other situations right after this, Jesus goes to heal Jairus daughter and he tells them, don't tell anybody. In fact, the healing cry, he says, put everybody out, parents and myself. And I think, well, Peter, I think there were about five people there. Don't tell anybody. So why is it that he wanted her to make, it wasn't for him. What does he need fame for? It was for her. Because you see, when you don't begin to speak and declare the testimonies of what God has done, what happens is that you give yourself the room to go back to, to, to the old. She could have left there and thought, oh, maybe it was coincidence. Hey, do I even deserve it? And the enemy will creep in again and steal what you had. And Jesus gives us an indication of what it was that worked for her. Jesus calls her daughter. In other words, this woman was a Jew. She belonged. She was of that. She was a Jew. And what we know, it says the bread, the healing is the bread of the children. In other words, she has always had the room or had healing was always available for her because she was a Jew. But she had never come for it. And he said, your faith, your faith, your faith has made you whole. And the word faith has made you whole there. Actually, the word used is sozo, which is salvation. That has made you whole. It's actually sozo, which is salvation. And, and it begins to bring us into the full understanding of what was happening. This woman did not just, you know, show up and say, Hey, God, if you don't heal me, I'm not going home. This woman literally moved from believing one thing and came into faith in Jesus. And that is why the word touch there meant that she attached herself to him. She attached herself to him. She came to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. If this man can heal me, then he's the only way. She believed in him and that belief in him translated into a bodily healing. And Bible says, Jesus goes on to tell her, go, your faith has, go and, 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 and be made whole. Jesus said, go and be made whole or go and be sound. In other words, Jesus was not just communicating, you know, that bodily healing or that salvation. Jesus was communicating wholeness total total healing total healing even in her thoughts even in her mind that thing that told her for 12 years that you don't belong sit outside do you know that that was a grip over that woman and that is why even though she saw her chance with Jesus she was still afraid and she came from behind and Jesus was saying you know what you're going to go home with your healing but I will not let you go home feeling low and feeling down come and let me make a statement to everybody that you are not in the place where you used to be you are healed and you are delivered forever and I want you to own the blessing of healing that you have received. And this woman had to come out 
I'm sure she was scared that, hey, people will say, hey, and you are going through this and you came out. Jesus said, tell, and Bible says she told him the whole truth. And there's a multitude gathered looking at this woman. But Jesus had to make sure that she didn't go back with shame. She didn't go back with a mindset that could open the door for the enemy to come again. That, oh, you don't deserve to. Hey, you, you shouldn't have come. You stole the healing. What? What? And as I pondered on it, I thought about, you know, this illustration is very physical or maybe carnal. But this is what came to my mind. A husband or a father, you know, you have a bank account, you have money in there. When you take your ATM, your debit card, and you put it in the hand of your wife, and you put it in, or in the hand of your daughter or your child, what is your expectation that they will spend it? They will spend your money. Yes. That is your, that is that they will spend your money. If I'm holding the ATM card as a wife or a daughter and I never go to take money, it's not that you, it's not available to me. It's available to me, but I haven't used it. When, if I do go and I use it, the account is not mine. It is daddy's or hubbies so he will get an alert that says oh something has been withdrawn he will know he doesn't get upset unless of course you are you are you are you know a senseless wife any man who loves his wife and has the confidence to release to you his atm or his debit card or whatever card and says you know use it chop my money that person when they see an alert that you spend their money, do you know what they do? They smile. Oh yeah, they. It's because you maybe you don't have money. That's why you think that hey, but how? And how? If you have so much, if you do, you know the kinds of gifts people give to people. Somebody I know recently got married on their wedding day. Her husband or boyfriend, or yeah, that day was he gave her a car. That's her wedding gift. If you have, and and I'm not talking about a human being because maybe you 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 lack, but God who has everything, because I know rich people who who are happy, who are like I I watched a movie and and um. I don't know. I can't remember the whole thing, but I remember that I think the lady went shopping and bought some useless things like, and just came and she wore one and the dress was a little skimpy. And the man was like, what are you doing? Not even in reference. And she was like, well, I'm just spending a few, a few thousands of your, of your money. Just a few thousands. And I mean, he felt nice. Rich people, hmm? when people they love, when they spend their money, they smile. Yes. God, we'll get there, love. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. But what I'm trying to communicate is God has everything. And he says that I've given you access to everything. He's giving you what it takes to access it. If you don't use it, I'm sure he'll be thinking, hey, or oh, this woman, she thinks that, well, what's going on? Like, hey, why doesn't she want to spend? Like, why? Yeah. But when you do, 
he smiles. So she was worried that, hey, this coming, it will bother, it will worry something. And Jesus is like, no, come, let, let's talk about this in public. Let's, let's, let's let everybody know. Let's let everybody know. Hallelujah. The touch of faith. Who will touch God? If you feel like it's not your turn yet, or you feel like you're not worthy, and this is really for people who feel like, you know what, I don't even think I even deserve it. You know, there are people who need something from God, but then when it comes to asking, they start thinking, and when I did this, and I did this, and that time I did this, and then they'll start saying things like, if it is God's will, well, it is not God's will. Your faithlessness is what you are speaking. If it, if it is God's will, says say, you don't know his will. What this woman spoke was exactly what happened. She didn't need to touch him, his body. Bible says she touched the fringe of his garments and immediately, immediately. And I just want us to focus on what touches God. What touches God is our faith. What touches God? That is, it's our faith. It's our faith. It's our faith that touches God. It's not an outward, you know, show. What I'm, this faith we're talking about is not some outward, you know, uh, you know, just saying things on your lips. No. It's something that is birthed in your spirit and it is based on God's word. That is why you need your word, the word of God inside you. It is based on God's word. It is that one thing that you hear, that one thing that you read and it becomes, you can't seem to get over it. It becomes a monument inside you. And you go and you come back to it. You go, you come back to it. From that place, that is what faith is. If not, you know, say after me, then you say after me. That's not what I'm talking about because oftentimes when say after me is, is, is tested, people don't stand. When the things you quote and you put on Facebook and your status, when it is tested, we don't stand. God can do all things. Then small moment of luck comes. You'll be the people saying, I don't know, even church cry, where am I going? But faith is not that physical. It's, it's, it's something that is birthed from the spirit and then it influences the physical. But if you think that faith is the outer things, the date will be there. You'll you find that it has no roots. It is a spiritual and inward conviction in who God is and in his word. In who God is and in his word. In who God is and in his word. And that is, and I just want to encourage you. Look, as we come and we go, don't make your faith about the crowd. Okay, let have a personal walk, have a personal walk, have a personal determination. What do you know about Jesus? All these people knew him as a miracle worker, but this woman interpreted that, 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 you know, general knowledge into her personal situation. And she said, he will be my miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. Everybody was following him because he's a miracle worker. But she said, no, he's not just a miracle worker. This man is going to be my miracle worker. 
How have you taken the words you read in scripture? When someone shares a testimony, when someone speaks with you, when you read the word of God, how do you take it? How do you appropriate the word into your life? Do you leave it just as the stories we read in Bible? Do you leave it just as, oh, Jesus was great, he did powerful things? Or do you begin to imbibe and begin to look, God, where does this word fit in my life? Because you must be that which you were, you, that which I read, you must be that me. If he says he's a healer, if he says he's our provider, deliverer, our help in times of need, it cannot just be something you know in your head. It must become the conviction of your heart that he is that for you. That is the faith we're talking about. That is the faith we're talking about. In the physical, if, if your faith is based on the outward, You'll be going, but nothing will ever change. You'll be coming, but nothing will ever change. And I don't want you to be coming. I'll never tell you that if you don't come to church, your life will That will be a lie. But if you have true faith in God, that will influence you to come. I will tell you, find Jesus. I will tell you, hook your faith to his word because his word cannot be broken. His word cannot be broken. From the physical standpoint, even Peter was confused. The disciples were confused. They said, ah, but we are all, you know, we are all rubbing against you. So what is this touch? But Jesus was not talking about a physical association. Jesus was not talking about a physical association. He was not talking about the, the, the mass. He was talking about something specific, a determination in someone's heart to receive and to encounter power and the person encountered power. This touch was an encounter with the power of God. And, and don't get me wrong. When you've prayed about something over and over and over again. And it hasn't happened. What happens is that you lose the confidence. I've been there. As a child. I, I mean I was. I, even then they didn't know what it was. But my skin would break. And I wouldn't be able to go to school. It was affecting my nerves and I'd have to sit for, and we prayed and we, you know, for years and nothing was happening. And, you know, after years of suffering something, you just, you just like, I just manage. But God is not looking for people who will manage. We need to be able to stay with what we hear and what we read. And when I say here, I'm using it generically for the word of God. However you receive it, we need to be able to stay with it until it becomes real. In this woman's heart, the picture she created, it had already happened. The point she, she said, if I can get to that point, it's, that means there was no question about power coming. She purposed to encounter the power of God and that was what the touch was about. Jesus said, something has left me. Power has left me. Virtue has gone out of me. Many of us are rubbing against Jesus. Nothing is happening. We do devotion. You go and come. You come to church. Still the same. What I'm telling you is nobody can do it for you. If we could borrow if I could, if we could borrow me, I'll be the first person to be borrowing. I'll come and borrow yours. True. But she had to come to this conviction, this inner conviction herself. Don't just cause everybody, don't do that. Don't make it about everybody. 
bring the word of God into your personal life. What does it mean? What should it do in your life? And pursue that with all your heart. When people are going, I'm not saying you will not be in the crowd. You will be in the crowd. But when people are going, you have a certain resolve. And that resolve, you will experience it. That is why we can all come and go. But not everybody will be the same. Not everybody will be the same. You'd be asking yourself, why is it different for this? There's something they have caught. She had a personal revelation of him that this Jesus that heals many is her healer. And she believed it resolutely enough to break the law and to break the custom. She believed it enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to follow this custom. Where has it gotten me? I'm going for Jesus. Bible says she came. She came. When you have true faith in God, it does not remain in your thoughts and in your mouth. It becomes action. James says that show me your faith without works. I will show you my faith with works. What he was trying to say is that you, will, you yourself will be able to attest that there's a big difference between the two. I like how he says in, 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 in the verse 14 of James 2, he says, what use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but has no works, then he says, can that faith that they profess in their mouth, can it save them? Can it change anything about your life? I believe. Me too, I believe. Can it change anything in your life? No. It can't. I'm a Christian. You go to tell people about Jesus, they'll be telling you, hey, me dear, me ko, me koha, me koha. Oh, me dear, me ye way new. That's what, that's what people do. As though that changes anything. It doesn't change anything. You can't follow. In fact, you can be rubbing close to him and it doesn't do anything because there is something that pulls the level, the, the way the current flows. It doesn't flow body to body. It flows from spirit to spirit. And we all have to come into the place where we can begin to pull from the realms of the spirit into the physical we all have to come to the place where we can believe enough to see those things that are not there. But Bible says that we have an evidence of the evidence is in my spirit. I know. I know. How do I know? Because that's God says that I am healed. So let the report say you can hold on. What touches God is faith. What touches, when Jesus said, who touched me? I believe he was asking all of us, generations to come. He was asking everybody. Who will touch me? Who will touch me? Who will, it's good to serve in the house of the Lord and it's good to give a fat offering. Please give fat offerings. But that without any conviction, 
that without knowing what it is you are doing. You know, when, when it says she heard, the word there means she heard it. She listened, she perceived, and she understood. God help us. Because I, 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 I can't, I feel like I can't even express to you the strength of this word. But she didn't just, she heard it. Someone is speaking, I hear with my natural ears. She paid attention, she listened to it. Then she began to perceive it until the point where she understood it. That is the only way you can come to faith. You know, I've come to understand that, see, no matter the number of sermons you hear, until you begin to sit on the word and handle it yourself, it never sinks. Yep. Yep. And this became that which changed this woman's life and is recorded in scripture so that you and I, if ever you feel like it's not your turn, if ever you feel like, oh, you can't, you can't come. If ever you feel like, you know what, it's, it's been too long, I'm tired, I, it won't happen. Remember this woman, that she wasn't called, she wasn't given the room, but somehow she still managed to get what was hers. She was a daughter. She, you belong. If you are named by his name, you belong. You have that, that card. And you are permitted to draw on it. And when you draw on it, your father boasts about it. Oh, um, I saw my son, you know, he withdrew. He withdrew. Oh, he, withdrew he withdrew deliverance today. And that's very good. Good, good, good. Yeah, keep on. Do more. Go and keep it up. But you can also be a son, and never draw. And never draw on it. And never draw. And I'm sure the father will be thinking, okay, can't do much with these ones. But I pray that that is not our story. That is not our portion. I just pray for us, really, that God will begin to stir us up. I know that is difficult. I am having to confront, you know, things that I thought is faith. Oh, and yesterday, like, I love God. I love him anyways. Even if it doesn't happen, I love God. <laughs> and I'm beginning to have to confront those things because when you, don't, when you don't enter into a place of faith to take what is yours, what happens is that you don't, God gets no credit. It's as though he didn't make the provision. That's what you're saying. And you've lied. And you've lied. You have lied if you do that. Bible tells us in, 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 in Genesis 17 and in Genesis 18, we see something interesting happening. So in Genesis 12, God appears to Abraham. And at that time, Abraham is like 75 and God tells him, oh, I'll make you a great nation and all of that. How do we get to a nation? And we'll start with a child, at least a child. And when God appeared to Abraham, Abraham was married already. In fact, married long enough for his nephew to be a man. Lot was a man. No child. Then you come. When I didn't believe in you, my life was in the way it was. I know God to have faith in, okay. Then you come. Then you come and give me a word. And for chapters after that, 
and we get into chapter 17 and chapter 17 God comes again and God will not even come in just come and say, well, you know, the thing I told you, you know, this is the plan I have for you. He goes on. He's like, oh, I'm going to give you all the lands and your generations will live in the, like he extended the prophecy. He was saying more things, but the first one hasn't finished. It hasn't happened yet. Bible says Abraham fell on his face and he started laughing. He said, God, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm okay. I've already followed, like I followed you already. So it's fine. If you won't do it, it's okay. Let Ishmael live before you. That means, I, I mean, I have Ishmael. We can manage with that. It's okay. Don't, don't come and lie. Don't tell me about Sarah because Sarah's womb is dead. And me, nah, nothing is happening. I'm 99. God said, no. I will, I will bless Ishmael, but that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about the covenant I have with you. Same thing happens in, in Genesis 18. God shows up and comes to talk to Abraham. And Sarah is in the uh, somewhere in the tent or something. And God again says, oh, Sarah is going to have a child. And Bible says, Sarah laughs. Hey, I don't even have feelings. <laughs> like, let alone have a child. And God says, no, what I'm saying is going to happen. And for many of us that feel like, you know what? It's okay. Like, we love you. God will follow you. We'll serve you. We're not going to pass anywhere. Yeah, It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry yourself. It's like... It's like you're trying to force and tell me things. Like sometimes people, sometimes we hear prophecies and we are like, oh, it's okay. All this is not necessary. Let me just be holy. You know, I'll read my Bible. I'll be good to people. It's okay, God. You don't need all this. Because you've waited for long. It hasn't happened. But God comes and then he's adding on top of that prophecy. Because before you become, you know, you will inherit Canaan and the land that is flowing and all those things and your generations, this people will take this and this in fact what Joshua does and allocates the land God tells Abraham about it before it happens but one child you promised you've not come don't worry you said I should leave my father's house I left already I can't go back so you I'm, I'm with you heaven I will go but the rest forget it but God doesn't want that. He, does, he doesn't want us to do heaven. We will go and the rest forget it. Because how does he show his power? How does he show his might? How does he show his love to the world? I pray for us that we will not just wait. Because sometimes it is faithlessness to be sitting down and say, say Sometimes it's just because we are too afraid to release our faith and say, no, God, I'm going to hold on for this word. So we get into the place of, oh, if it is God's will, no, I just pray for us that we will begin to walk in active, vital faith because he's given us that card that can withdraw any amount that we need at any time recognize that the timing of her coming was not even like in, in human sense conducive. Jesus was going to heal somebody who was dying. You at least you're alive. Sit down. Let's go and minister to those who are dying first. But it, it, it was still okay. To Jesus it was okay. It didn't spoil anything for Jesus. It is only from our human minds that we think that oh, if I ask 
it's like I brought the prayer topic last week. If I ask again, it's like, hmm, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Let's just manage. It is a human mind. But God is saying, if you can come up a little higher. If, I mean, if all you can do is just touch the hem of my garment. And that reminds me that, you see, your faith can be small. But if you exercise it, at least you will see something. It says if, if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, you will still say to this mountain, be thou moved and cast into the sea. And what Jesus was saying, that is an impossible thing, right? Jesus was saying you can do the impossible even with faith that small. The point is to exercise it. The point is to release it anyhow. God's word. God's word. Hear it, listen, pay attention to it, perceive, begin to perceive what God is saying to you and then understand what he's saying and after that, don't look back. Don't look back, don't look back, don't look back. After you understand, don't look back, don't look back. Just keep running for it because he will not lie to you. He didn't lie to Abraham. Yes, he, may, he might have waited until the situation got really bad, but he didn't lie. He did it. He did it. He did it. And I pray for us that, Lord God, you will stir us up unto faith that touches you. Who will touch you, God? Let it be me. Let it be us in this room. Let it be us who touch you. Who touch you because we hear your word and we don't just hear it and rejoice in the moment and then later the sun comes out and scorches it or, 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 or the, 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 the weeds, the thorns choke it. We don't want to be that. We want to be that ground that is ready. That ground that allows the word to sink so deep beyond the human mind enters into the place of our spirit where we can engage it on an eternal base and begin to perceive all of the things that you want to do, your will be done in us. Lord God, as it is written in the heavens, according to that which is written in our book. Bible says in Psalm 139, it says, before any of your days, you lived any of your days, it says all of your days were written out in my book. Lord God, help us to come into the place where we begin to perceive what it is you are saying to us from an eternal perspective, not from what we see around us, not from the storms, not from the crises, not from the problems that have lasted for so long, but that we begin to, Lord God, weigh your word according to what it is you are doing, according to purpose. And when we begin to perceive that we will seek we will seek to understand it. This woman was on her fours, on her knees and on her hands, looking for the feet and the dress of Jesus that we will seek. Sometimes believers, we are too lazy. We are lazy. You want to be fed and so people will lie to you. We don't seek it out. We don't search it out. We don't, we don't search it out. We don't take the things. Bible says Daniel, he, when, he, when he recognized what was written, that was how he engaged God in prayer. That we will not only begin to have an idea of what it is God is doing. Because sometimes we have an idea of it. You have a glimpse. 
but that we will go further and seek out to understand when you understand, you understand the time you are in and what is necessary for the time. And you begin to align yourself with that. You, you put off certain things. If there are some traditions, you know, oh, sorry, you begin to put those things in perspective. What is God requiring? How does he want you to come? How does he want you to express the faith? Someone was in the house and Jesus had to get up and go. This woman had to come touch. How does he want you to express what you have believed? Jairus also believed and he believed that if Jesus will walk with him, get to his house, his daughter will be well. How does God want you to express your faith? And as you come in faith, as you come in the expression, that is the outward expression of your faith, whether it's prayer, whether it's serving in the house, whether it's a seed, whether it's doing good to somebody, whatever that expression is, it will not be an empty expression. It will be an expression that carries weight and that moves God because it's not just an act. It's not just physical. It is coming from somewhere that is deep on the inside of you. It's coming from a conviction. It's coming from a knowing, a knowing. I pray that God you bring us into that place because it's only faith that pleases you. We can cry all we want. We can say, God, we beg, we beg, we beg, but that is not it. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. And so Lord God, help our unbelief. It doesn't mean that supernaturally we'll come into faith but it means that you will release word that we can hold and begin to meditate on until it becomes our conviction and it becomes our motivation until the word of God becomes that which breaks what we used to be and what we used to do and allows us to come into the new Let your word, oh God, bring us into the order of Christ. There are things that we have believed per religion that have even become, you know, stumbling blocks in our way that are hindering us from coming up higher. But today, we hear Jesus. We hear you through your word. We hear you that your will is for us to be well. You want to use us as a sign. Whether it takes long or not, God does not say a thing and does not do it. We hear those words. And so, Lord God, we begin to war. Paul says to Timothy, war with the words that have gone, the prophecies that have gone ahead of you. War with them. Take those things and begin to insist and demand that they are manifested in your lives. God, we come into a place of faith by your word we release our faith for Lord God the impossible things let it be said that hey where did she come from where did he come from oh we didn't even know he was a part let it be said so that you can declare that this is what he's done in me I believed and I have received father do it in us oh God in these days as we just stay with your word, increase our faith. And I believe without a shadow of doubt that when God begins to release word like this, it's because he wants to do something. 
It's because there's a shift coming. It's because there's something new coming. And he cannot afford you to not know. When God came and began to speak to Abraham, God was speaking to Abraham about something to happen. And by, and by that, Abraham could now begin to speak with God. Abraham Abraham could now begin to say, no, God, so let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. And, and, and Abraham came into counsel with God and, and, and could think through the issue with God. God is not looking for people who are far off. God is looking for people that he can, he can trash out issues with. He says, even though your sins are as scarlet, he says, come so that we can reason together. In other words, don't let that hold you back. Come anyways, and let's talk about this. Let's see. Let, let's do something about it. What is it that's holding you back from faith in Jesus and in what he has said? What is it that makes you feel like, ah, it probably wouldn't happen? Is it, is it a sin in your life? Even that is not big enough. He says, come anyways. Come anyways, we can talk about this. You have room. You can be able to speak to me about this. You have a place before the throne to present your case and you will find my help. The only way you don't find my help is if you don't come. If you don't release your faith. Even for the people that Jesus had to go to and touch, they had to release their faith. If you don't release your faith, you will see nothing. You will walk through. They will say, oh, you belonged here. And they will bury you. And nothing happened. And life goes on. But Lord God, you said in these days. And during worship we heard it. That in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he begins to name. Not even the old men are left out. Not even the old women. Not the little ones are left out. Everybody. Something is going to happen with everybody. If you dare to believe. He says all things are possible to them. Who believes? Who believes? Who believes? Who believes? Lord God, help our faith. Not that you will faith for us, but remind us of words that we can latch on in these days and begin to sit on until they become our reality. We've not seen it, but we know it. The evidence, the manifestation, we hold it. When you're going to take money from a rich person's account, when he says go, you don't question. You know it's there. You know their worth. God, is it that we don't know your worth? Remind us. Take us back into your word and remind us, remind us, remind us. Because there's something you're doing in our time. There's something, there's a move. It's like the clouds are gathering for something. And if, you, if you're a person of the spirit, you will sense it. The clouds are gathering. The clouds are gathering. You cannot afford not to be ready for the rain. So Father, do it. The testimony I had this week, I believe, is going to be just the tip of the iceberg. There are testimonies that are going to come up out of this house that is going to shake families and shake people. Because it won't make sense. Where did it go? 
How is it there and not showing on the screen? It's just, it's just the tip of it. But brothers and sisters, we need faith. He said, it is your faith that has saved you, that has brought you the full experience of salvation. Healing is there. Deliverance is there. Your peace is there. Jesus said, it is your faith that has brought you into the experience of my power. God, bring us into the experience of your power. Lord God, as we release our faith, as we release our faith, the evidence of things not seen. Oh, substance of things that we hope for. It's, it's as though we are hoping for it, but it's as though we already were holding it. It's a substance. I have faith means that for me it is good as done. It is as good as done. Where we've not seen it with our eyes, but we, we declare that he's done it already. He's done it already. It's done. It cannot be any other way because his word says it. God, bring us into faith. Bring us into vital faith. Faith that acts. Faith that acts. Faith that speaks. Faith that works. Faith that goes for it. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We're sure you were blessed. Let's get interactive also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ICGC Revival Temple. Connect with Pastor Jennifer on YouTube and all her other social media handles. God bless you.